Alright, clap sync. Three, two, one. <coughs> well, I didn't expect Goodness. you to do Sorry, one. I was, I was yeah. trying to hold that one in until after the clap sync. I, per usual, I swallowed some water wrong right before we started. Oh my god. <laughs> you just didn't say anything? Well, we, I... We did like four ready checks. I ate some extremely spicy food and then had to go take a lap around my apartment a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I feel like my bad more than, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the point is we're all just a wreck right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's yeah, up with you guys. My going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, maybe all of us are a wreck. McCoy, yeah. we're going to come to your house and force you to be a wreck. Oh, you don't have to force me. It's it's a razor's edge, but I just feel like I'm walking the line right now, and I, w I want a credit for it. What? Yeah, no, you get credit. You appear to be fully functional. So far, like it, it could turn Good. any minute now, but you know, yeah, true, so true. Yeah, a small human may uh, attempt to play hide and seek at any point. <laughs> That's actually true. That has happened to us several times that during has. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, they put a spider on the railway or like the like, stairs. Why would they? It's huge. It is huge. Which. Like Therefore means spider? it's not it's not lifelike, but it, I don't like it anyways. Yeah, like a Halloween <laughs> spider. Yeah, like a very large Halloween spider. And the thing about it though is that every time you open up your door to get a package, your peripheral vision is like consider Huge having a spider. panic attack. Yeah, every time I go, I'm like walking out to go to work in the morning. I've got like my mugs and my like eight bags, and I'm like walking out. It's kind of dark. I'm just like, holy fuck! There was a huge spider, and I'm like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. child, it's all fine. <laughs> Moving on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and meanwhile, that five-year-old's like inside his apartment, looking out the window, being like, "Yes, got her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, kids, let's spell that word again: anxiety. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, speaking of anxiety, we decided to play scary games this month, sort of, sort of. But this one. My thesis, okay, it's not actually my thesis, but one of my points, is that while it can be disturbing at times, it walks a beautiful line for my own particular taste in Spooky Games Month, if that I makes hear sense. You. I also just mm. want to acknowledge, are you aware that it's currently November? Yeah, it was last Does month. Does that matter? <clears throat> yeah. What, you mean when I said this month? Months are nebulous. What did I say this month? Yeah, you said this month. Oh, I see. Elena, I a month is important. as long as you want it to be, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I really feel like that was a great contribution. No, I just thought it might be important to acknowledge to the listener who's following along that they could note that we are, in fact, extending Spooky Games Month this year. That's because right. you guys enjoyed the Spooky Games so much, you are playing extra Spooky Games. No comment. Yeah, James, like, messaged the Discord being like, yeah, we can we can stretch out Spooky Games Month. And yeah, exactly. Gabe <laughs> responds, like, Gabe never responds to anything in the Discord. <laughs> and then he just responded that one being like, James, are you being held hostage? Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a surprise that James even suggested that as well. So it's more like a Spooky Games season instead mm. of a Spooky Games Month this go. year. Yeah. Also, fuck rules. We're just doing what the fuck we feel like. It is. Is that fair? Like, That's are we allowed to just do what fair. we feel like? I yeah. feel like. Yeah. 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 I feel like as people at the helm of the podcast, we are allowed to say, "fuck rules." Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, at least our own rules. Exactly. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like, I, I guess know. we. I haven't... jaywalked the other day. I guess Ooh. I fuck those rules. <laughs> wow. 
It's pretty serious. Is this like it's the just... first time or something? <clears throat> no. Was it exhilarating? I've definitely done it before. Okay. You know, I, I just have this pierogi place across the street from me. And it's either I walk like two blocks in either direction to use a crosswalk or I just jaywalk across the street to get to the pierogies. Yeah. And uh, so I jaywalked. But then as I was getting, <laughs> as I left the place with my pierogies in hand, I went to cross the street and a cop rolled around the corner and I had to make that kind of like psych out move of like, I wasn't about to cross, officer. I'm just looking down the street to see <laughs> where checking. I am. Oh, really? <laughs> Trying to hail a cab. Do you think, now, do, the question is like, do you think they would actually care? Because I feel like I've just, I've probably jaywalked in front of police officers hundreds of times in my life here. Oh, I mean, the the cops in my town are very bored. So, yes, uh, I do not doubt for a second that they would take any excuse to oh, just, really? like, give me trouble. Yes. Because they're, they're very here, bored. too. But, like, I don't know. Is it cultural? I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would try it. <laughs> oh, I I've done it. No, because think, think about, okay, a nondescript nacho place in town that some of our family friends are uh-huh, at, uh-huh. right? Yep. Way so, there's a parking not, lot right across good. that street, right? Yeah. People literally just J-Rock across that thing at all times. That's true. Including us. Yeah. Including Gabe when we see him there randomly. Mm-hmm. And no one cares. So it's just it's, interesting. It's Maybe it's due cultural. to the sheer volume of jaywalkers. You know, they don't want to issue out tickets to, you know, multiple jaywalkers. To everyone's oh. mom. <laughs> yeah, It's just much. exclusively <laughs> yeah, everyone's be... mom that goes to this place. So I could see As that. As somebody who grew up in Boston... This whole conversation is just, like, really strange to me. <clears throat> because, like... Is jaywalking just rampant in Boston? Yeah. Yeah. So much so that it's, like, you don't even think about it as a thing. That's just crossing yeah. the street. Yeah, exactly. You just cross the street. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. also apparently and a country thing. Most of the rest of the world, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not even illegal at all. Yeah. The thing, though, that's interesting is that... So, when I was a lot younger and I visited, like was it like france or england or something like that it's like they have different perspectives around like car versus human whereas here it's like you're jaywalking it's illegal i guess and then they still but they like see you and stop right Mm -hmm. in some places in europe they're like listen it's fine that you cross the street but you better like make it (laughs) because i'm not (laughs) slowing down (laughs) which is just kind of the new york perspective Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i see that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think my dad described crossing the street in Brazil as like you put your life into God's hands and you just kind of let it. And he, I remember him very specifically being like, look for a local and cross when they cross. Mm-hmm. It's like, do not attempt to do this on your own. Like, look for locals and just do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Get in a pack. <laughs> yeah. Well, because stoplights yeah. there are also kind of like hit or like a they, suggestion. Cars may or may not. Yeah, more of a suggestion. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You hear about this stuff. I don't know. The way I had heard just, uh, New York described to me was just that, like, if you hold, if anyone holds anyone up for any reason, then that is, like, that's just not chill, basically. So, like, if you're in line, for instance, and you get up to the top and you're like, so, wait, 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 does number four come with? Then, like, apparently the entire line will just pick you up and just walk you out <laughs> like of the you're place. Done. Like, <laughs> you're just done. Like, if you didn't figure that shit out on the way in, you're fucked. See, I feel like that element of New York I could really get on board with. Yeah, it's interesting because at first I had, I had heard it described by other people as like just very like rude. And then someone who was from there said, no, it's not rude. It's just that 
rude is actually the person holding up the line because there's so many people. I agree. And yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. I see what you're saying now. Figure out if there are beans in that burrito before you get to the beginning of the line, ma'am. Yeah. Ma'am. Right. Interesting. <laughs> it's always ma'am. Yeah, interesting. That's not true. It's definitely not. But it is, is kind of like that Karen concept, isn't it? Yeah. But we're not going to get into that. Or we might. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about Inscription, which is a game that we basically like changed up our strategy in life for mm-hmm. because apparently when my game was breaking in prey so much so that i couldn't complete it i was like i guess i should figure out something to do and i realized that this game inscription which we had on our radar a bit but apparently not enough to like yeah, i don't know how we found this game um everyone was playing it on twitch question no no no, no, no. we found it before it came out um, and I think we saw the trailer and I think we were looking for Slay the Spire like games and it hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, but like, I definitely okay. saw Jorbs like play a demo of it sponsored. Okay. I th- um, like two, three months ago. Huh. I didn't realize it was that big either. Like it would be sponsoring streamers. Like we just stumbled across it, started playing it and we're like, this seems awesome. We kind of live in a world now where, like, if you're an indie game, but you're either established or the indie game appears to have a lot of value, mm-hmm. then you can find a publisher that will make your shit a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was a Devolver Digital title. But also, I mean, Daniel Mullen's games had huge success with Pony Island, um, mm-hmm. which he self-published. Game which we played on this podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, four, I want to say Spooky Games Month years ago. Yeah, I think the so. First, the first yeah, one, the 2019 yeah. Spooky Games Month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's included with um, the Static Speaks My Name and one other game that clearly wasn't significant because I can't remember it yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, what the fuck was it? This, was it a version? Yeah. Oh, I think you guys did all those in one week, yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was Static Speaks My Name and Pony Island in a version. So that is and our Pony uh, September 30th. And also, just shout out to Aversion, because I think it actually does absolutely fit the bill of forgettable. <laughs> so fair play on that. <laughs> shout out to which for forgettable? Oh, Aversion. Aversion, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, like, so like, I was playing this game, and we heard a little bit about it for different reasons, and apparently I had not done a great job tracking when it was released, but then I had heard somewhere that it had released, and it's just, it's a very visually striking game. And it's, it's just a very striking game in general. And so I thought, all right, yeah. And of course it has a demo, which people have mentioned before, which is really bizarre mm-hmm. um, in the modern day for a demo. Of course, I didn't, I almost didn't know what to do with that in the modern day. I was like, I could download this demo and see if I like it. And then I was like, but I don't do that. That's not my, I just buy the game and then I, I don't complain if I don't like it. Let's just Diablo 2. In which case, that game fucking sucked. Um, but that's a different story. Um, that might be my only return. Please don't come at us. In the past, like, three years. I haven't done it yet, but I I think we should. I also intend to do it. Yeah, I it's was pretty not, bad, I was not dude. ready for more Diablo. Did you know you can only use, like, one ability at a time? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. For all you Diablo fans, you can write us an angry No, email. but the thing is, so I bought this game, right? And I started playing it. And the first, I would say, five minutes of it at least to me you know when we had, we're in a dark room lights are off mm-hmm. we're on a big tv that we're sitting pretty close to it was just stunning oh that's the thing i'm sitting back in my chair because i have a keyboard and a mouse that you can access via sitting back for specifically keyboard and mouse chill games like slay the spire mm-hmm. and other such things like that and dude it was fucking insane like just the 
five is so intense and the way that like you switch camera angles and everything just has this pacing to it that feels like it's really really hitting and so i'm just curious if other people have that experience but at least for me after the first five minutes i was like well i can see why this game has a fucking demo because that was fucking just amazing out the gate yeah indeed yeah. Yeah, i think i sure. want to like first say like right off the bat like if you're listening to this and you either haven't played it or you're thinking about playing it but haven't played it we're gonna most likely spoil a lot of like what makes this game in my eyes cool and eerie um but also those experiences are best done when they're very like when they come as a surprise to you so if you're listening to this maybe you should duck out now play the demo or something yeah um, yeah and i would say also just take that was a really great like explanation there you should take that if you're a listener now and just apply that to maybe every game ever every podcast <laughs> that we play but it's especially true here a hundred percent exactly because because you'll even watch the trailer so i i actually told mama steam about this game i was like oh yeah you should definitely pick she this should. game up because she's been looking for slay the spire slay the spire like yep. games as well makes sense and so she watched the trailer and she's like i don't quite know what this game is about and i'm like honestly Good. you just need to hit play and mm -hmm. go along for the ride mm -hmm. so we can't we can't even like really give you a synopsis without spoiling it it is just a creepy it's, it's a card game with an eerie atmosphere uh and a bunch of surprises so we'll just leave it at that go play it but otherwise spoiler territory so to mccoy to answer your question i mean i I, yeah, I didn't, I kind of didn't know what to expect. I knew a bunch of streamers played it upon release. Um, and a bunch of them were just like, this is awesome. And I think I actually watched Jorbs actually play it for a while. Um, at least the very beginning parts. And I was just like, huh, this looks interesting. So when you had messaged the Discord being like, guys, we should play this for Spooky Games Month. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. This looks kind of right up our alley where it it's just that kind of perfect unsettling atmosphere like game uh that doesn't necessarily rely on like traumatizing or maybe maybe you do traumatize your player yeah, there's, like, a traumatizing there. there's a bit in there yeah. not not traumatizing though in the way of like jump scares and like cheap tricks i guess yeah you just knife your eye out Mo most of the traumatizing <laughs> moments they they urge you to like look away or something Except for the mm -hmm. the knifing your eye out, because you Which, you can't really look away from that. If you play it in the McCoy Elena household, we take our headphones off and close our eyes, <laughs> and then <laughs> yep. do it, and then put them back on. Oh, yeah, for yeah, the I saw it the first bits. time, and I was like, "Yeah, ow!" And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, I yeah, we saw it the first time, but yeah. now there's also a really intense like, there's this sound signature or something. This like that everyone plays when it's, it reminds me of a flashbang. Or like a bomb going off in like a war game, where it's like your ears are ringing and they have mm -hmm. that high pitch like ee, as you like come back to reality and they definitely mm -hmm. do that for some of the intense, or at least like the eye eye gouging. Um, yeah, holy shit. But but like okay, yes, there's that. But there, mostly it's just a lot of like atmosphere, spooky atmosphere, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. it, and it like culminates in some maybe some body horror stuff that that can be a little much but like mostly it's just really really evocative really really like scary creepy unsettling but in a way that like it's actually funny i was thinking about this the other day like 
because like you know some people are like really into scary movies and they like love the thrill like they're like oh god yeah like you know they like they love it and i don't love that thrill Mm -hmm. and so and i think james apparently especially doesn't love that thrill and so it's just sort of like i always sit there and i'm like why would someone choose to torture themselves by watching shit that frightens you or makes you jump scare or like why would you add anxiety into your body when it's already there (laughs) like why would you do that um but if it's they feel about this they feel about that the way I feel about this. I was like, I, I would really enjoy the like creepy unsettling atmosphere in here when it was like being creepy, but like tame ish. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's reasonable. So I don't know. Maybe if, if they felt that way about the way I feel about this, then, then it makes sense. So James, then for you, this is creepy and unsettling, but like, are, are you chilling in an atmosphere like this or, or what? Yeah. Um, this is like the kind of, creepy and unsettling atmosphere that I am okay with. Um, Like, there was some uncomfortable stuff, but it wasn't... There there wasn't the kind of anxiety that really can get to me and make me hate a game. (laughs) Um... To me, it felt like playing this game was like like sitting around telling ghost stories. Like, kind of spooky and unsettling, but not really more than that, you know? You can kind of do it with a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And the guy across from you does kind of have a almost like storytelling play actor actress-esque vibe about how he you know he's playing with you this card game and he's like he puts the masks on for the different characters Mm -hmm. and you know it it really does kind of have that that kind of vibe to it too so yeah unhinged dungeon master is how i like to (laughs) think of him that's exactly what i think of him i like that definitely thought we'll need a new map yeah I was gonna say he like definitely uh, I I think like one of it's not like my own thought but one of the best like reactions I saw like upon Jorbs playing this was just somebody being like this guy takes his TTRPGs way too seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah um, but he does describe things in a dungeon master like way mm-hmm. where you know he's talking about you trekking through the swamps and he makes a note in being like you know the mud sticks to your boots and each step is harder than the last like everything is described in a very storytelling like way to really immerse you even though like the game setting never leaves this table between you and your card opponent um but it definitely brings in a certain amount of atmosphere with all these descriptors yeah Oh, by the way, this is like a weird, like late addition to the spoiler caveat, but we are obviously talking spoilers about this game, but we're also centering the dialogue mostly around the first act section game. <laughs> and if you're confused about what we're talking about, don't worry. I was earlier, but also do worry because you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. And that's all I'm going to say. So you might need to get out now. Um, and if you do know what we're talking about, then cool. All right, all right, all right. We chilling, stay. But you know, just I did want to add that little element there because I was just thinking about it. Like, well, yeah, like 
does it entirely center on this table? I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess from where we stopped right. or where mm-hmm. we paused this week, it never leaves the table. And I would just say on top of this, though, like talking about like, I, I, okay, I look at a game like this and it's like so... I remember, okay, I remember years ago on our podcast, we had discussions around graphics um, and, and talking about, like, what are their value? You know, like, because, like, sometimes you just see pretty games and they're just enjoyable to watch. And, you know, sometimes there's weird phenomena where those pretty games don't hold up over time. And, in fact, we're only of an era. Like, if you see a really pretty game on PlayStation 2, some of those aren't pretty mm-hmm. anymore. Some of them still are, but some of them aren't, depending on how much artistic uh, components they have. But... I, I look at a game like this and I'm like, man, I can't even explain to you how much value the art style, art direction, the sound direction, all of these components add together. Because you could play this game, you know, in a terminal, like some of the games we played earlier on in the podcast, right? And they have, you know, numbers representing things or they have characters, ASCII characters representing things. And there's just no way, no way it would hit like this. And so it's hard to describe why that is exactly, but this is such a good example of why atmosphere and stuff can just take something and propel it out of control. Because the card game here is cool, but I mean, search for Slay the Spire, right? Let's say you want another Slay the Spire experience. You're basically Mama Steam, right? Although you're anyone who's played Slay the Spire extensively. You're like, holy fuck, there's got to be another one out there that that's, that's that good. And there probably isn't, but you're looking and you see all these generic games they look generic i'm not sure if they are but they're all these card games that feel like oh yeah that's kind of like slay the swire but i don't know it doesn't seem as good and some of them i played and it's like okay yeah it's kind of like that but it's just not quite there and some of them you're like you're not even interested in at all because you just look at them you're like that just doesn't look interesting so there's such a visual component and i just feel like this game has got to be the perfect example of like while the game itself is good and fun the everything together just makes it just propel into the fucking stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can actually say that, like, I I mean, so I didn't play Slay the Spire for the podcast uh, because I wasn't uh, on the podcast at the time. Uh, but I did try it out, and it didn't really click with me. Uh, like, I kind of enjoyed it. I played a few of the characters. My understanding is I didn't actually get that far. Uh, but I just didn't really feel like picking it up again. Uh, and so the atmosphere in this game, like, really made a huge difference in that. Like, I think I still don't really enjoy card games that much, or deck builders, at least. Uh, but the atmosphere kept me engaged with the game in a way that I don't think would have been possible just from the mechanics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Atmosphere and Slay the Spire is like the last thing on the list that they focused on, and they didn't get mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, I honestly, it still has its own charm. I, oh, I don't yeah, know. Sure. But it's like, it's not something that really draws you in, it's just kind of there as window dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this game, like, really. I think draws you in is a good term for it with this game because like from the very beginning when you like I don't remember exactly how the beginning of this game goes but like you have like the cards and one of them starts talking to you 
And it's like that little stoic yeah, guy stoic. who's like chatting with you. And like, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna be like, don't worry, we're gonna be okay. But like, um, and then I just remember like the moment where you get the 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 first time like you've played some cards, and the first time you get the like the bell gets like shoved in to where yeah. you can see it, oh, and yeah. it starts like sh- like shaking because yeah. you're supposed to press it. Like, it's just that whole opening sequence is so cool and creepy and like the. Yeah, it just really draws you into the game. You're like, oh, shit, like, what is happening? Well, there's an alternative universe for this game Mm -hmm. where it has a tutorial that you guys might have seen before where they stop everything and then it displays stuff on screen and it makes you read, like, four paragraphs on how shit works. And this game did not follow that universe and instead has the most enticing way of showing you all of its mechanics I've maybe ever seen. It's one of the. It's really up there. Because, mm-hmm. like, guys, remember Prey? When you get a new grenade and you're like, and perks. Like, you know what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's that vibe again. And, like, this is nothing like that. This is, like, you're going to need to sacrifice something in order to create this two-cost character. And you, like, click it and these two cards are cowering on the board. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, you're about to murder this thing Mm -hmm. in blood to create this other card, which is a pretty common card game mechanic, but it just hits different in this game, man. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. That that little spice of, like, the cards shaking when you're going to sacrifice it and the little, like, knife that your mouse turns into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That your cursor turns into. It it's just it makes it hit different. It really does. Yeah, and, like, the way that the health thing is this, like, scale that, like, the when it, it makes a noise when it ticks. It, mm-hmm. it actually has a very, like, Valorant kill sound when it gets, like, higher mm-hmm. each time. I'm like, ooh, about the ace, bro. Um, <laughs> but, like, but everything. Like, the fact that, like, there's teeth on the scale that are, like, tipping the scale and you can pull your own teeth, like, tooth out to, like, oh, God. It's just, it's just, it's literally yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Just the way that everything is done is just... It's just I don't know. It's just like better, man. Like the 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 way that like the whole board clears and then like when you click on a section, like if you're gonna get like totems or whatever the fuck, like it'll like show the totem board and then like the way that even just the way that totems screw into each other is just has a perfect pacing to it that hits. Like it feels like almost every time you click in this game, like something happens that feels like well paced. And so like I, I was finding myself like trying to click the dialogue at a pace that felt like it was hitting mm-hmm. this flow. And like when you look over at how much health you have, like it's just like this turn of like oh my god. Like you know, it's like hey, I, I guess that really did not translate to audio, but hey, listen, you play the game, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh yeah, God. It's just stunning. Like I feel like, okay, I'll put it this way. This is a game, okay? It's a video game. We're all probably in agreement on that. Um, and it, to Debatable. some degree, repeats itself uh, over time, right? It does mechanics again. You do things again. You might fight the first boss a second time. But I would say the first time that you do essentially every single thing in this game, the first time for every single thing in this game is just top-notch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, we we talk about a little bit how there's, like, a slight tutorial, but then a lot of, like, the game mechanics are discovered just merely, like, you just have to do it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Because also the game, in some aspects, is very cryptic as to what certain things will do. Um, You know, for instance, 
the first time you rip your tooth out, you don't really know. Like, you, you basically just have these pliers in your pack uh, that you can use. And all he says is, like, use these to tip the scales in your favor. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, so... I thought he was going to put the pliers on the scales. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Like, <laughs> like so I'm, I'm, like, in a battle. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just see, like, how much in my favor it happens. And... Yeah, it's it's the sound effects, it's the mm-hmm. visuals as the plier, pliers come to your. It's like it's in first person perspective, but the pliers kind of disappear in your like bottom left corner of your screen. Just suddenly, your screen is filled with red, and you hear this sickening crunching noise mm-hmm. as a tooth comes loose. And like then the you know, I I'll just call him the dungeon master. He he's just like you know, did you really think that was like? I can't believe you actually did that. <laughs> did you actually think it was gonna do that much? You just like put one tooth on the scale and it moves your, you know, your score just a tick in your direction. Um, but yeah, it's like the first time that happens, you're just like, ooh. The first time I used the knife, I think, was yeah. like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, my, my thing was, I thought that um, the knife was how you proceeded to the next part of the game. Because at the end, um, at the final, like, I guess boss battle he says like you got me finish me off and so i like click the knife because i'm like well this has got to be what this is for right and i just stab my eye out and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) 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 i wanted to use it on you not me (laughs) um but like and and but it just adds to that experience though of just you know what does this do well, shit, I didn't want to do that at all. Or, like, what does it mean to sacrifice a card for another card? Or, you know, what does it yeah. mean to... To splice two um, cards together of the same type. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it led to a lot of, like, failed runs at the beginning, I think, as I was trying to figure out, like, which would be the best kind of... um, What would be the best route to take on your path up to the boss because also it's a lot like slay the spire in that you have this map ahead of you with pathways that you can choose your stops along the way of how you want to progress towards the boss yep um and you got to try them all all out somehow yeah and i would say that like there's a certain level of memorization maybe because i still look at some of those symbols and i'm like what the fuck does that do Mm -hmm. oh right it's that thing (laughs) um but also, like, fun fact, hey, if you're from Play the Spire or you've played that game before, there's a really interesting balance or added element of regular boss fights. Well, no, 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 sorry. Regular mob fights, hallway fights, if you really want to go there, and elite fights, the ones that are harder. And the, the difference is that in Slay the Spire, they actually give you different rewards. You, have, you get better rewards from elite fights. Um, specifically, awards that you basically, I don't think you can get any other way, or at least you, you can, but, like, they're a really valuable thing to get. Let's put it that way. Um, and this game does not have that. Re- recognizing that, elite fights are just elite fights, bro. You just—they're just hard. Okay, so keep that in <laughs> yeah. mind when you're pathing. <laughs> I would say, but also like, yeah, I was—I also—we also had a bunch of, I would say, I would say like quote failed runs. But what's interesting is like I didn't even know what success was exactly and i think success was exactly what all those failed runs were which is just figuring out what the fuck is going Mm -hmm. on like 
you know what I mean? Because it's like, I didn't even know what progression was or wasn't going to be. I didn't know how far things were going to go. Or, like, is like, do we need to beat this, like, the Spyro style? Or is it actually just this weird game outside of the game? Like, is it around in this room that's actually to get me free? Like, is this just, do I just spin my, 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 I don't know, gears infinitely here hmm. in this run-based thing? Like, because you're, you're, you're opening the clock and you're running around solving puzzles on the side. And there's figurines and weird items. And it's just like... It's just what to even do is just experiment, play around, have fun, try different styles, and you just eventually, I feel like, accumulate like knowledge. Wait, so about you what opened the clock? I did open the clock. Hell yeah! Hell <laughs> yeah! You 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 have to open the clock. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed that aspect of this game i um i had a lot of fun uh exploring the various ridiculously powerful combos um and uh can we can we talk about some ridiculously powerful things yeah. for a minute mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. yeah always pick mantis god okay <laughs> Yes, pray to the mantis god. Have you guys gotten? Him. Did you guys get that quote? Well, oh yeah. So we should probably talk about the fact that um, that like you're playing as a let's player. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's the I guess the the game is set up so that it kind of introduces you to a character who is playing the game that you and then you're playing like in his role, I guess. Yeah. And it's like he's actually found a physical game and he is playing it on his computer and that is the game. And yeah. mm-hmm. what's funny about that is in collectible well trading card games there's a phenomenon on YouTube of um pack opening which is yeah. kind of like the the adult version of like toy unboxing for kids. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, people will literally just open packs of, like, magic cards or Pokemon cards. Um, And then the next evolution of that is, like, the viewers can buy the packs. Yeah. And then send them. The the person will open the cards and then send them to you. Um, And you, like, do it. It's like a community. I don't know. I don't understand. But um, people do it. And uh, so this guy is, like, one of those. And he at a at a yard sale, I want to say, buys a pack of inscription cards. Um, but the rare has been removed and replaced with like longitude and latitude. Mm-hmm. And he goes there and digs up a chest with a digital copy of the inscription game in it, and that's what you're playing. On a floppy. Yeah, on a floppy mm-hmm. disk. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes he'll just interject little things like, yeah, always pick Mantis God. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Mantis God is not always the correct choice, but... It's definitely up there. It's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. definitely up there. Um, okay, wait, James, before we get to OP deck stuff, which I definitely think you should lead with, uh, 
or lead. I do want to think, I just want to point out the hilarity of, like, the adult version of, like, pack opening. Just because it's, like, when you're a kid, it's, like, your parents are, like, okay. I mean, most I would say most parents are probably, like, you can have a limited amount of packs per whatever. You know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. reasonable. Probably a small amount. And, you know, it might, I, I don't know what that is. It depends on your allowance, I guess, right? But when you're an adult, it's, like, let's all be reasonable here. We're going to buy 500 packs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, it's just like, it's so unreasonable. So true. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah and you're like, absolutely. we're all adults here. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. We're all adults, so we can spend our money on Pokemon card packs. Yeah. Exactly. So we do. As we so we do. Right. <laughs> yeah. It is funny, though, because I think Twitch in particular has been a really large like conduit for these this style of viewer buys pack type thing for streamer to open in front of everyone because this also happened yeah. in like what counter-strike with skins and, and opening cases and stuff like that you would see like yeah. these donation trains of like thousands of dollars because mm-hmm. everyone's pitching in a little bit of money because essentially like i guess how it works is like everyone knows well no everyone wants to see just some fucking real hit the veins crazy like amount of opening but nobody wants to spend two thousand dollars or whatever but if everyone spends five dollars then right. you just get to just all witness this just ridiculous amount of opening of whatever this thing is and uh it's weird because it is all for that streamer, but it's like everyone gets to sort of share the experience. It was a weird thing. I remember when that was blowing up. Yeah, right. I remember watching it with you. Mm-hmm. It was bizarre. With was physical funny. cards, it's not all for the streamer. Like the streamer will send you the cards that they open if oh, you bought really? that pack. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, like you might have to pay a premium for the pack because, but also the streamer is making money on subs and stuff. So maybe you don't. I don't know. Depends on the Super. person. Yeah. Super odd phenomenon. It is. I just remember it was really blown up in the Counter Strike scene because Counter Strike is not a great game to watch on stream, and it never was. It was never very popular. So like the esports scene was like was near the top echelon, but the streaming like category was really low. And then it would just blow up every once in a while, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And it's these motherfuckers opening like two thousand cases, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And everyone's just like, "Thank you." original weed remember that guy remember mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah his name. he had to change, he had to change that one yeah that was unfortunate and it's interesting too because he had to change that right around the time it was getting legalized everywhere it's just this like weird phenomenon there where but yeah now he's just uh i think josh og it's josh og yeah, oh is that, that the same guy yeah, that's that's the original weed. No shit yes dude because <laughs> now he's sponsored by weed maps and shit Yes, dude. Amazing. See, it all comes full circle. <laughs> no, but it's so funny because I remember sitting there like he was he was getting popular and he was like, I might have to change my name, even though like my entire persona is just like, I guess I'm just a stoner or something. Like, I don't know. Like his his entire persona is just like, it's just like the, it's just, I guess it's just weed, period. Like the, like the premise, there isn't even like a secondary. But anyways, yeah. So it's interesting in, in, in culture to see him have to change that for legal reasons and then for that to also be legalizing all over the place but yeah so james some broken shit right what's your broken yeah. shit that you want to showcase well so actually yeah i think there's maybe one thing before we talk about broken shit as well maybe because i know some of my broken shit and probably maybe as some of all of y'all's involves uh another like meta progression the part, part of this game 
the death card indeed hmm. um mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i just wanted to just briefly touch on just because i think that is just a cool a cool way for meta progression in a rogue like card game uh but i think it also tailors to like the player's ability um like there's no difficulty setting in this game but i do feel like i don't know like did everyone feel like this game was like the right amount of difficulty for them at least in the first act yeah um yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah basically at the Maybe end of a failed run you make a death card where you get to choose like a cards like out of basically three cards in your now dead deck get uh pulled and you get to choose the cost the uh attack and health as well as like a special ability the card can have and some runs you get kind of really dumb dead cards where you're just like well (laughs) this one sucks but the three cards i drew weren't really all that great but then there's other times where you just get like complete op shit um as your death card and you can then use like that that death card may come up in your new run as a card you can add to your deck um, and so that can definitely add to like making your deck really super strong. But anyway, James, OP shit, hit us yeah, with it. So, so McCoy was saying that maybe it's a little bit too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's tuned to be consistently pretty winnable if you have experience with these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and then you... I, I just checked your hours in Slay the Spire, and they are 149. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So I think you might have a little bit of experience with this kind of game. Um, I think McCoy <laughs> also had an incredibly OP death card. I never made anything on that. Oh, that I level. had the like, I had the most OP death card. Trust me now. Oh really? What was it? It, it was called Hero. Yeah, it's called I. Oh, I table. Yeah. I titled that because I was like, yeah. this thing is gonna save me, motherfuckers. It, <laughs> like, was good, it was a good one. It's a zero cost Mantis God. I think it started at four two, so it hits space to the left, space in front, space to the right for four no, it was, each. It was four four. Yeah, I think. It was yeah, four. but I had buffed it before that point. Oh, you put it in the fire. Or maybe it was even like it started like a two two or something. But anyways, I had gotten it to. Four, four at some point by buffing it and not letting it be lost to the, to the campfire I had people. <laughs> so the wait, most so OP death card that I had was like a two-two that you could sacrifice infinitely. Like that was I, I did oh, not right. have OP death cards. Yeah, because James, this is uh, it. Co- it's it costs zero, and it's turn yeah. one lethal, because it does eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or wait, yeah, yeah it does. 12. more than that 12, 12, 12. Yeah, yeah yeah it also like just destroys everything in front of it like if they're if you don't get it like yeah immediately. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so it's just yeah, it's so... destructing but i think that's imp- just adding on to what you're saying james i think when i say it's a little too easy i'm not discrediting the game for that i do think that's intentional yeah but i'm just saying like from my for like yes i i think difficulty is really hard to to actually like nail but i think this game is more about progression they want to eventually get you past the game and that's good they have things and i to think show that you. that's i think that the je- the death card as the meta progression is a genius way to do it as as uh, zoe was saying mm-hmm. um 
I think um, so. What I was <laughs> that that's way more OP than like what I well sort of. Uh, <laughs> so did you ever get the field mice card fuck yes yes which is a 2-2 two, two for two blood that when it's played it puts a copy of this card into your hand yes, yes. um so the first time i saw this card um was on a run where i had two wolf pelts in my deck and i went to the mushroom event yeah and the mushroom event if you have two cards in your deck it will uh you will avert your eyes and they will cut the two cards in half and slam them together and then the stats from both cards are added together um which is incredibly powerful just like ridiculously powerful yeah but you can do that to pelts yes which you I can learned at this event and then when you sell them to the the pelt person, um, all of the cards that you buy are amalgamized, uh, experimentified. And I got a 4-4 four, four field mice. Yeah, that sounds all And good. then I spliced the Mantis God power onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. so I just had infinite field mice that did four to everything in front of it. So you and it cost had two, like yeah. infinite heroes. They cost two, but, but you had infinite of that card that McCoy had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, you can give your squirrels extra powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what were the most insane powers that you guys gave squirrels? Was it like I blood cost? Blood cost yeah. is blood blood cost blood blood insane. <laughs> yeah, so item drop squirrels also pretty good. I never got blood cost as an option, uh, but yeah. the item drop was pretty good too. Item proc, that's pretty good. That is good. I yeah. also got, um, I mean, infinite sacrifices is pretty good. Yeah. But what's better than that is, um, it returns to your hand when it dies. Hmm. What? Um, Yeah, that you you got like that's an option for a totem. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So every time I sacrificed a squirrel, I would just get one in my hand. Um, that's insanely. And good. then it wouldn't be on the board, so it's actually better than infinite sacrifice. Um, wow. Because it is infinite. <clears throat> but I mean, those things allow you to play things on turn one that you should not be able to play um yeah Mm -hmm. you can definitely line up some insane turn one kills with that stuff so this is a perfect example of a game that is not multiplayer you are not playing this against another human and as a result they get to have a balance that feels like this which is just like definitively imbalanced as a card game but super fun exactly and i think it really is supposed to be like hey, we have a bunch of options and combinations you can do, and some of these are really good, and some of these are really odd, and some of these are truly broken, and we just hope you find the broken ones eventually and progress. Mm -hmm. And that just feels like the way they set this up, and that's totally fine. It's totally fun. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, Mm -hmm. enjoyed it Mm -hmm. greatly. Um, Yeah. Like, like for instance, like we were talking with, with Cameron, friend of the podcast, about the end 
game choices. I mean, when I say that, it's like end of the run before you're about to do the final fight. Um, and you can choose, like, I don't know, boons or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, I think they are called boons. It's just funny because that reminds me of, like, Hades. But anyways. Um, yeah, like, you can choose those. And, like, you know, there are some that are decent. Like, oh, you know, your board can start with with furs on it. So it's, like, defensive. And then there's others where it's like, well, you can just draw two cards at once. And you're like, well, that's insanely good. And then the other one's like, well, you can just, like, figure out what you want from your deck. You can just, like, <laughs> Yeah, you choose. can choose the perfect card every turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you just pr- choose the perfect card every turn. That seems good, right? And it's like, that's insane. So, like, then you look at the options, and it's like a couple of them are good, and then a couple of them are insanely good. Yeah. And then when you keep in mind, when you get the ring, you now can just have a boon no matter what every time. So there's this, like progression factor where they are just trying to like buff you up like you start with more powerful items uh they they really are trying to push you towards progression and and getting past it really isn't about like like skill checking you exactly although you do learn and you have to play well but it's just that they they continue to stack the deck i should say in your favor in every possible way Mm -hmm. and that's cool it makes it feel different um when you're going through and uh yeah, it's it's just so weird, you guys, because we were playing with Cameron some, and he has such a different perspective, and maybe everyone does than I do, because I'm sitting there like not using the... A part of the reason why Elena and I didn't progress very much is because I didn't use the knife to cut my eyes out because I didn't want to. Because I thought I was going to have to uh, play the rest of the run without being able to see the right side of my fucking screen, which where my items are, and I just like, fuck so, that. So what happened the first time you used it? I apparently died during that fight. I think we must have died. Oh, I think we, yeah. shit. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that when you win that you get another eye back. And I basically just never used that item intentionally because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. which is not strategically sound, but it is like emotionally sound or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was traumatizing. Yeah. And the room is dark enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... It's just interesting because it's funny because like Cameron was like, well, that thing is one away from lethal at the very beginning of the game. So if you have that in the pliers, you just win. And I'm like, yeah, but then you have to fucking take your tooth out and cut your eye out. And he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we had to chant for you to take the eye out. We were like, make the eye go. Yeah. Use the, uh, use the knife now. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was very funny, you know, prior to this when I think we had all progressed except for McCoy and Elena. And I had watched McCoy do a run. And the first thing McCoy told me was he was like, my goal is just to never use the knife ever. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh, you're going to be on this section for a long time. Yeah, the problem is like, I could have won like infinite number of runs that way, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, yeah, I also my thought process was. What if you could hook the, you know, the, what, the, 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 tra- not the, the trapper. The, the, yeah, no, uh. not that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the, the person, the trapper, the fisher. Is he fisherman? The fisherman, sir. Isn't there a name? Not the fisherman. The, the angler. The angler. The angler. Yeah. Way sicker. See, this could have been called the fisherman. That would have been lame as fuck. But the angler, that's scary. It is scarier. Not the, You're what right. the fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but the angler gives you his hook or whatever the fuck. And I thought, use that on the moon. Turns out you can't do that. Although, what you can do on the moon, by the way, <laughs> is you can poison it and kill it in yeah, one shot. What the can, fuck, yep, dude? You can insta-death it. <laughs> yeah, with an adder. So, so so my strategy for the moon, I did this accidentally as well, uh, is I used Stinky on the moon. 
and uh, he has a voice line for this. He's like, you used stinky on the moon? That doesn't make any sense. The moon can't smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, the moon did zero damage for most of that fight. Nice. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I feel That's like there's just other examples of like, it's just bullshit. Like, like it's not balanced, right? But it's just like the game wants you to progress. And it's like, ah, you found, ah, yeah, you pulled out your adder with like the death touch. That was clever. It works. Or like, ah, you made it stinky. Yep, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, if this was like Slayless Fire, none of that would work. Because it's not like competitively balanced. You know, it's not perfect balance. I think part of well, the fun. Well, it is perfect balance for them. But it's, yeah, it's fun in its progression more than it is like. I don't know you would call that competitive integrity. Certainly not. I mean, it, yeah, it harkens back to, like, Slay the Spire runs I have where my whole deck is very cohesive with one another, where, like, it just, all my cards play off of each other perfectly, and it's that perfect Slay the Spire run where you're just like, my deck feels fucking strong, except it happens way more often in this game, for sure. Um like yeah. they want you to have those moments of having an OP deck more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, which I like. I actually don't think they really want you to play this game that much. Do you know what I mean? I think they want you to see what it has in store mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. Cause like, say the spire is like, yeah. all right, so George is going to have a career on this game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a little different than We're this. Hoping game, right? By hour 50, you'll understand the basic mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so fair play. Because, yeah, man, like, squirrels with sacrifice, you're just, you can put down those, like, 7-7s, seven like, pretty easy. That was easy. my favorite deck that we had, mm-hmm. was when we had, the, there's, what are they called? Uralis? Uralis? Sure. Uraeuli. Ural. Yep, that one. They're 7-7s seven that cost four, but if you have a squirrel that sacrifices for three, like, they're super playable, mm-hmm. and they're just insta-wins to the best. Yeah. And they also, like, they have a cool, like... So there's like the overflow damage. Well, like that's another thing, by the way. That's obviously not. That's another thing in service of the fact that this is a game that's meant for your fun and no one else's fun. You can like see the turns ahead of time mm-hmm. that your opponents are are doing. Your opponent is doing, but that like, and and you can even hit their turn, their next turn with overflow damage. Is what I'm trying to say. Which is just like a bizarre concept, but it is an awesome concept when you have a seven-seven and you just smash through two things and just open a lane to do mm-hmm. hell of damage. Um, but what I do actually want to talk about though is that maybe this is more common than I've seen, but I've actually never played a game like this where the health is a sliding scale between the two mm-hmm. players. And I was also going to ask James, our resident card game guru if that's normal or if that's like if you've ever had that before i don't know that i have um i mean i would believe that it's not unique amongst card games but there's like i mean how many sure card games out there right like none that i've played none none that are popular mm-hmm. it's fucking cool it's fucking cool It also allows for, like, a stabilizing. It allows for, like, a slow win, a slow defeat. Like, it's just a really, really, really cool mechanic as opposed to being, like, Mm -hmm. well, the opponent has 100 health and I have 10, so I better fucking clear their board or something. But Mm -hmm. there's in this, it's more about, like, 
I don't know. It just it's just such a satisfying way of like, okay, he's doing me two, but I attack first and I can do three, so I'm actually winning over time. But then he's gonna attack with more things and how does that work? And you know, you can like and also the way that the cards don't this is now many card games have different rules around this, and I wouldn't claim to be an expert on this either, but it's just interesting how like you can attack their card without their card attacking your card. So, mm-hmm. like, you can kill an adder with anything that does damage to a ground thing and not have it die. But then if their adder is coming and yours is already down, you can't avoid its attack. So it's just, like, this interesting, like, sequence. And there's a lot that you learn about the sequence, just how to basically not throw. Because um. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to throw pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we have that one covered. But, like, fair. It's a really interesting card game. Like, I, I, I truly enjoy it. Um, but it's just, like, it, it's, I don't even know what my point is. It's just a really interesting card game. But I, I also, I guess my really point is that I don't think they really want you to play a thousand hours of it. I don't think that's really what it's there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But good. So, okay. Where from here? Well, so I was going to ask people's opinions on, like, the escape room sections of this. Like, so, mm-hmm. like, I described this game as, like, it's a, a pseudo card game, but then there's, like, escape room, like, puzzles that lead to that progression. And we touched on, like, how one of the keys to getting out of the room is to gouge your eye out, um, which as far as I've seen has been maybe, like, that particular piece of the puzzle has been the biggest um, I guess the most likely to be passed up on mm-hmm. and the one that people get stuck on the most. Um, but other than that, there are other um, other such puzzles, such as like there's a safe in the corner, but there's a card in your deck that blatantly says, check the rule book for the code. And you flip open the rule book and it's like 273. And you're like, well, gee, I wonder where this goes. Yeah. Um, but then there's also just kind of more more cryptic puzzles i think the one i actually got stuck on the most was the dog in the cage um because you you see this wolf in a cage in the cabin and you get that card in your deck and it's a zero six card of a dog in a cage and i don't know like it just kind of like passed over me when like all my cards are like there's something about that dog in a cage and i'm like yeah i'm never gonna play it because i don't want this card on my like i've got op shit here i'm gonna play that instead um and it took me a while to realize like oh like you need to play the card and the card needs to die to unlock that part but like i'm just curious if there were like other like, I, I think the puzzles are quite clever. Um, however, I do think, like, it has led to a lot of, like, different people's frustrations or just, like, getting stuck and whatnot. And I'm just curious if anybody else, like, James, did you feel that at all? Or are you just kind of like, I got this shit on lock? Like, frustration with progression? Uh, like, just if any of the puzzles just seemed like... I don't know, just more cryptic, like you needed a little bit more guidance or was it all pretty straightforward for you? Um, so there's there's like a series of damage puzzles that um, mm-hmm. I brute forced every single one of them. Nice. Um, 
because I didn't really understand what was going on and there were few enough uh, iterations or I just like guessed lucky early on and that didn't help at all with my understanding. Fair. Um, <laughs> until, well, save that for later. But um, yeah, I don't, hmm. I feel like I just kind of played with everything and it kind of worked out. Um, the stuff that I couldn't figure out was kind of gated until later. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, like, in regards to, like, the, the, the gouging your eye out part of the puzzle, did you just immediately go for, like, the correct eye and then you were just like, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that eye looks weird. And, um... And then I was like, ooh, weird shit's going on, and immediately explored the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, think I immediately found the right eye as well. It, I think it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's I mean, clear. there's a bunch of normal-ish yeah. eyes, and then there's one that's, like, got glowing sigils. Mm-hmm. It's it's begging to be, to be used. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Cameron actually came in with a bit of a, a clutch moment for me in that he happened to be watching... Uh, while I was playing and it was about the right time for me to actually gouge my eye out. And I had been avoiding it as well. Cause I, and I guess I'd just been really conservative with the items in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and too. I didn't realize quite how strong it was. Like I didn't realize it was four damage. Right. Um, and he was like, yeah, you, if you just like do that and do one damage, you win. And I was like, Oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. And that's when I used the, the eye, but I would probably have been stuck on that for, a few more runs. Yeah. Shout out to Cameron yeah. for getting Otherwise. like half the podcast through that section. I know. Cameron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I like, I feel like the opposite. I actually wish. Well, cause like I, I found the, hmm, I found the, the safe code stuff like in the rule book, like before mm-hmm. it told us to do that. And like, I think we mm-hmm. solved a lot of the room puzzles. I mean, obviously, yeah, we were slow to the eye thing, but also like, not bad like it the only reason that's a problem right is really because of our progress and us wanting to progress but i i actually i love the just like fiddling around and not understanding how shit works and trying to return back to it and circle mm-hmm. around and so yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned like less hints fine by me i don't give a fuck let people be frustrated because like i don't and like but like you know on the on the alternative of that like is it possible that i would have like left this game thinking i had beaten it after beating a run maybe but at the same time like it's okay with me but I think I would have come back and played it a couple more times and probably figured some stuff out. Mm-hmm. We still had the clock. Mm. What's up with that? Um, so I don't know. I like it. I like I like the the obfuscation of things and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and trying to figure out weird interactions with things and half things are just like Hearthstone board items where you just click on them and they make like a little noise and you're just like, am I going to ever get you? This mm-hmm. is a hammer. <laughs> What can I do with a hammer? <laughs> so one of them actually does do something if you click on it enough. Yeah, I believe, I believe that. that. Really? Uh, the I think it's the Bone Lord's skull. Its eyes oh. start glowing. I I hmm. did not determine if this has an in-game effect. Hmm. Uh, I mean, my guess is maybe it interacts with the uh, the Bone Lord altar location, but I don't think I managed to hit it in a run where hmm. I had made its eyes glow. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I think puzzle wise and frustration, I think the more frustrating one is probably just the fact that the end of the first act, major spoilers, even more so than before, <laughs> uh, is so like hidden, like that you could finish a run and be like, oh, this is basically like Slay the Spire. It's a run based game. Uh, I've, I've done a run. Uh, maybe I'll do some more some other time, but like I've, I've seen the game. Um, and that is so not true that it's almost like it's surprising that so much is hidden behind that. Mm-hmm. It's for the curious. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of playing a little bit on the, like the, the initial screen having the mm-hmm. options of mm-hmm. like start new game being inaccessible. So you have to click continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as just like a sign that weird things are happening in this game. Yeah. Um, and also kind of trading on Daniel Mullins games reputation um, for like Pony Island where the entire game is like subversion and weird weird stuff happening and yeah there are some unanswered questions if you were to leave the game at that state like why can i take a picture of this guy but but he mentions that there's no film and like why have i not opened this clock yet Mm -hmm. you know and why is the new game yeah dude especially the title screen james you're absolutely right it's like the title screens just sort of general old school game vibe is so so pony island (laughs) It's actually, like, out of control. Um, yeah. 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 But, I mean, at the same time, I feel like we almost went into this podcast in a position where we wouldn't have discovered the rest of it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I, it's having played it, I do not think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to play the rest of it and, like, find out what's behind that gate and see if we think it's okay or not. But, yeah, I do agree. that. So, like, how far did you guys get? We literally unlocked New Game Plus. And like watch and the cutscene. All right, we're done. No, 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 no. Elena, he's asking how far we got before, not now, but like before we had the talk with everybody about strategy and stuff. Is he? No, I'm not. I think You're he's not. asking. I'm, I'm saying, how oh. far did you get to yesterday? Yeah. Oh. And to, all right, never mind. I'm wrong. Did you get? You got to. You got to the new game plus. We got. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. You, you just picked yeah. your starter deck. Yeah, we picked our. Yeah, we watched a little cutscene and we picked our starter deck, and that's then we. we what deck did you pick? Magic. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's the one I picked. That's the one everyone picks. I swear. Because magic. No, I picked cool. technology. It was kind of lame. Ooh. Especially, uh, well, spoilers. You'll find out. Yeah, no spoilers. I'm really excited to talk to you guys all about mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm excited to see it. I feel like you guys have hyped it up. But I, I do agree with Marvel. Like, I, well, even McCoy and I, like, at one point, we're like, okay. Like, I think we hit a point. It was before we hit New Game Plus, basically. We were kind of like, that was, like, so, like, this game is so cool. Like, if we don't play any more of it, like, I'm not mad. Like, that's that game is so cool. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we hadn't fin- that we hadn't figured everything out. Because, like, obviously the clock wasn't still unlocked. But, yeah, I think it was right after, like, we had beat our, we had, like, beat a run. We had, like, gone through, Mm -hmm. we'd done the moon, we'd done everything, we'd beat the whole thing. We were like, that was so awesome, cool. 
Yeah. We'll probably play more, but if we don't, we won't be like disappointed in ourselves. Yeah. So then to I that mean, point, I was going to yeah. play more, but like, but I just no, we were going to play more. But do you remember that conversation? Yeah, but I think the, I think the framing of it was more like if even if there was no more game, because it's like you understand, mm-hmm. we live in the modern era. Like the modern era, it's like spoilers come at you hard and fast, and they never stop um, from literally every single source of every single thing you have every single application on your phone including your your bank is going to notify you via you know what i mean like it's gonna like send you shit about last of us you're like come on man but like it's just gonna happen and so like you can't i don't i don't know how reasonable it is to think like that that like a reasonably plugged in gamer would just like quit and be like never never ever here they might quit for a while and then here like but but i think it more likely case is that they've already heard before they even start the game that there's weird shit mm-hmm. going on, bro, at the very minimum. Um, I just think, like, I was fortunate enough to protect myself from spoilers. But but even then, like, I couldn't escape the there's more shit, bro, situation. Like, that just happens. Just happens. You just can't avoid it. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think that's more realistically the state that gamers mm-hmm. are going to be in about this. If they haven't already just seen straight gameplay of the second half. I mean, come on. Um, so... It's just one of those things. And, like, plus, like, people are super quick to look up a guide for how to solve something. How do I solve that clock puzzle? If you are even remotely curious and you're thinking to yourself, like, fuck, there's this one thing. Okay, I'm done with the game. Incorrectly thinking so. Yeah. I'm done with the game. But, but I just want to figure out, like, really what's up with that? Me, yeah. yeah. I just want to – because it's one of those games where, like, you want to try to complete everything. And I, and that one seems hard. And I tried to brute force it, but it didn't work. And you look that shit up and bam. So it's just, like, I don't know. I, I think it's – understanding the state of where games are and how information travels and how guides exist and people look them up i just i don't know i i think like almost i think you may be biased towards the uh plugged in gamer there i think there's a substantial number of gamers who are not doing that but they're guiding hard like those ones that i talk to that aren't super plugged in they just guide they don't even give a fuck they're just like yeah guide on the second monitor bro and they're like what and they're like yeah i just want to get the achievements hundred percent i'm like okay <laughs> and you're like all right that's fine and they're like spoilers who gives a fuck i mean yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure everyone, there's a but... subsection of gamers out there also who are neither of those and would have missed this but yeah it's cool that there's more in this game for sure and yeah and not and to look at the achievements and recognize that you don't have anything left but yeah like i sure i'm sure some people would just leave could even be me i just like i don't think i wouldn't have found out sooner rather than later that there had been more mm-hmm. that being said though let's say it did end there let's say it did end there that is well fucking worth twenty dollars well for me this is true well worth yep. now okay it's apparently more worth in an awesome way and that's great to hear but like to me i mean i know it's not like customary but fuck it we can break the rules we talked about that already like for this section of the game alone this has some some big moon energy, some big gold star energy for me. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. this is I I love that we exist in a world where games are easy enough for for small teams slash singular people to make that they can execute such a wonderfully cohesive vision like this and charge twenty bucks. I, I think they charged me seventeen because I got it earlier or some shit. Seventeen dollars for this dude unfucking believable it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good even without 
the yeah. second section that we haven't even played yet. So, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Why can't teams of 50 make games this cool? <laughs> Why? Why? I feel like that's like so, I'm, I'm much. I don't Nobody knows. Maybe Muddled it's, creative vision. Yeah, like maybe it's because they listen to each other too much and they don't just have like one visionary mm -hmm. who says no to everyone. I don't know what it is. But like I can tell you from some of the work meetings I've had, like no, no shade to my work, but like I feel like we try to all just get along and everyone's idea is like wonderful and lovely. This guy did not feel that way. He instead <laughs> made his vision and it's fucking murderous, which is awesome. It's good for this game. Well, I, I think a significant factor is probably that like when you start getting up to teams of 50 developers engaged with making a game, you're more likely to be in the territory of this is a like something running more like a corporation where they're interested in reliable uh, returns on their investments. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so yeah. in that case, they're going to cater to the standard like strategies and the things that are proven to work well. And unfortunately those things just don't really mesh that well with having a really interesting creative vision. Mm -hmm. I think that is a really good point that I was not thinking about, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I like think they it... aren't taking the same kind of risks that a small slash single team might be taking but the thing is though like mm -hmm. what you got to understand is i i agree that that's true especially when you think of like the stories you hear of like what was i don't know if it's the head of ea or ubisoft or one of those companies like going they went straight from like fucking i don't know was it, like cereal or like they went straight from uh like toothpaste one of those like well people just have to buy this shit so mm -hmm. you just sell it to them and the key is like just don't give them like enough <laughs> like you know what i mean like um, but they go from that model and they bring it over to games. But the thing is, like, what we have to understand is if you go back in AAA games to space, like, they were experimenting and creating new franchises and cr and they were taking risks. And it is a risky behavior, but it also gives you the potential to get uh, multi-generational franchises. And so we're kind of in an awkward place where, like, everything's got a six attached to it or more in, in the AAA space. So it's like they could use even for their own business sake some experimenting and some risk stuff um the mm -hmm. i think the problem is they walk up to this guy and they say you want to lead a team of 50 to make your game it's going to be awesome we're going to pay for it you're going to be the lead and he goes i already made the game i wanted to make you can fuck yourself and so <laughs> that's unfortunate for them um yeah yeah, but I, I I agree with you saying Rafael. It's just interesting because I think risks got them to a place where they could be safe, but now that safe is slowly dying. Now like they need to risk again, I think. But we'll see if they believe me. I'm just one man. You have a podcast though. I did send my podcast directly to them via DM. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna change minds. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'll take a fifty-person oh, yeah. team. I'll do it. I don't have a vision though. That's the problem. Um, but I'll get it. <laughs> don't worry. Okay. All right. Cool. Any other places we want to take this? Obviously, we're gonna have another follow-up episode on this. Um, so there's more. And if you forget anything, you can obviously add it there. But if there's things that people want to talk about here, now's the chance. I really liked all the references to Slay the Spire mm -hmm. in this series. Like um, the campfire where you upgrade your cards. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and just, I mean, just the whole way that you actually interact with the game feels very Slay the Spire in a, in a way that's clear that the developer loves that game. Yeah. I think um, Zoe said it essentially perfectly and crystallized in a way I hadn't thought about before, which is essentially like, I think this game is trying to give you the feeling that you get when you get a great run inside the Spire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is so, yeah. so true and so fair and awesome and a great thing to give yeah. to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I was just going to shout out like, so like in this first act of the game, you do go through a very Slay the Spire-esque four acts almost. You, you go against four bosses with the yeah. last boss being considerably uh, more difficult than the other three. But I just wanted to shout out like, I, I do like the cool innovations that each boss has uh, within the card game that really make you pause and think about how you want to strategize. Um, just because as you do your regular like run-ups and your regular battles, it's kind of easy to just toss all your cards out there and just deal a bunch of damage. Um, and as soon as you deplete your opponent's health, the battle's over. But in boss battles, your opponent has two lives. Or even in the last battle, he has three lives. Um, so you have to also plan around like the phases of his lives. Mm -hmm. um, so like for instance, like the Prospector... Um, after his first phase of life is gone, he will turn all of your cards into gold ore. And so, like, you don't necessarily want to put all of your heavy-hitting cards down first in that battle. In fact, you want to maybe try to limit the amount of cards you put down uh, to begin with. And I don't know, I, I just thought that was a cool way to, like, shake up the card battling stages in the game as well. Um, keeping it fresh, but also just like having you keep in, be aware of like what exactly you want to do. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. And that's also, yeah. I mean, it's maybe more intense here, but that's very Slay the Spire-esque as well. It's like a lot of bosses that change their behavior after a certain percentage of their health is gone or like they like think, so it's just like, or they have patterns that they're just looping through. It's just, it's very clearly like a, how do we make you play differently and how do we kind of like in some ways skill check your deck i do feel like that's less punishing in this game than maybe like the heart is for example where it's just sort of like i'm gonna fuck you for everything <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to yeah. win and you're like okay unless you have thorns yeah. <laughs> i will destroy exactly you. <laughs> yeah yeah man it's 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 awesome and slide the spire is awesome and having played slide the spire before this is awesome i don't know like do you, James, I don't know why I'm asking James. I guess I can ask anybody. But also, James, you're a part of that pool too. Um, do you think this is a good game to play before Slay the Spire? Like, for instance, like, we all played Slay the Spire and then came here. But, like, if you came here, do you think this is just some training wheels for, for Slay the Spire or, or what? Interesting. Um, I think Yes. I think it is, but also, um, I, I think that it might kind of spoil you for Slay the Spire, where you're like, 
the the inconsistency is so like high in Slay the Spire in terms of being able to build something that feels as good as something in this game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um like the joy of Slay the Spiral Slay the Spiral, wow. The joy of Slay the Spire is kind of in the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um and in that way this is not good training wheels for Slay the Spire. Um Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was But I but I do think it it's a good introduction to mechanics like that. I didn't you didn't ask me, but I was just gonna say like I feel like in Slay the Spire, like the struggle is just so real. Mm-hmm. Like well, especially at the higher so, levels, it's yeah. So like Slay the Spire is just so difficult and can be you have these runs where it just feels like the wheels are just slowly coming off and you're trying so hard to put them back on and you can't. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of like the opposite of this. So I think, yeah, James, I think yeah. you said it well. Like, this feels so good. I think maybe because we've played those runs in Slay the Spire and we're like, fuck, come on. I can do it. Like, I just, like, it's just because if you just, like, are losing and you can't get it together and you just, your deck is getting progressively worse and you know it's not going to work out. Whereas this has the opposite experience. You're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I got that squirrel totem. Like, I can take anything now. So while I feel like this is a much easier card game, the feels are good in this. And I think Slay the Spire would be... Like, I think if I were to go boot... Like, I playing this card game is so much fun that I feel like I could go boot up Slay the Spire right now. And I think in all likelihood, I would just get just destroyed. Well, if especially if you came on the same heat or whatever level. Yeah. No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, the struggle in Slay the Spire is so real. And it's... Most of your runs, once you hit a certain level, are not going to be successful. Yo, how much money would you guys pay? Here, this is a random question. Okay. I would. How much money would you guys pay for another deck type in Slay the Spire? If they, ca- if it's like, yo, expansion pack, another deck type, and we weren't gonna make it, but by popular demand, here it is. But you have to pay for it. I think I'd pay a lot of money. <laughs> like, you saw my hour <laughs> count Slay the Spire. Like, I fifty. I'd probably pay fifty dollars mm. for another deck type. I know that's unreasonable, but at the same time, it's either that or no other deck types. Yeah. 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 A hundred? I don't know if I'm prepared to re-enter bucks? the world of Damn. Slay the Spire. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not planning to return to Slay the Spire. I think zero. Five. You should send this podcast directly would, to the people who I would Slay spend... the Spire. A good amount of money for more deck types created by that team. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I feel like it's just one of those things where, like, I don't know, some things in life when you're an adult, like like packs, right? You can just have as many packs as you want, asterisk, until you're broke. Um, <laughs> and with credit cards, you can go even further. Not recommended by the podcast. Um <laughs> But the point is just that, like, that, right? But then it doesn't matter how much you want another deck type for Slay the Spire. You can't have it. It doesn't exist. Yeah, can't buy that shit. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. This is why I want to get, like... I mean, obviously, I have no real plans in place to do this. Sorry, Lena. But, like, I, I want to get, like, like patron level of rich so I can just, like, go over there mm-hmm. and be like, you will make another deck type yeah. of Slay the Spire. <laughs> you want to be, like, the Medici. <laughs> just being like, and you will now paint me nude, and you will now make me a Slay the Spire deck. No, see, it's not, it's not about me. It's about, like, your <laughs> creative vision was so incredible. I think you should be supported to But go I'd further. like to be the cover art, yeah. I'd like to be nude on the cover, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point, good point. 
the See, fuck? now how much money will we play for that? I see. I'd pay like a premium price. All right, it's a hundred dollars with me nude on the cover, but it's wait no, it's thirty dollars with me with it. nude on the cover, but it's a hundred dollars without. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it it's like the kindle it's like the kindle right where you have to like pay to not have ads mm-hmm. yeah it's like that yeah you have to yeah. pay to put like a loincloth on you no no no. yeah i'm just there, removed we, there could be money, there yeah. could be tier systems we could sell them like skins sort of like 30 yeah. bucks is fully nude 50 bucks is like but you sell the clothes to put yeah, on top exactly like 50 bucks is like a, like a like a loincloth god damn it's 75 so like you get pants yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that's good that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, Department of Marketing for Slow This Fire hit us up. We have ideas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what else are you working on? I mean, you know. We'd actually love yeah. to know. You could also let us know that. Mm-hmm. Right. Go you ahead. You can announce it on our podcast. Yeah, Think yeah, of yeah, all yeah, the yeah. seasonal skins that could come out of that, too. It's like <sighs> for the holidays, put a Santa hat on. Exactly. exactly. Where does the Santa right. hat go? We aren't sure. <laughs> yeah. Why does? Why is it? Yeah, exactly. Why is it floating there? <laughs> is that what you're trying to get at? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's where that was going. If you know what the, why that's in, that's like right in <laughs> to dirtythumbs.gmail.com. <laughs> Got it. All right, we pimped the fucking email. We did. We, we did it, you guys. We did it. We did it. I think we broke James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, check out our YouTube. Uh, uh, don't Google us though. That's <laughs> our SEO is terrible. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's so real, bro. Oh, <laughs> if anybody has Photoshop skills, please get in touch because I really want to oh make a mock-up God. now. Oh, my God. I would, I, ooh, Fiverr. Fiverr would do you it You guys, you. you might all get this for Christmas. No, what? I just said, okay, that's true. I can't. Okay, no. Rise. No. <laughs> McCoy might get one for Christmas. I will not send it out as our Christmas card. This is like borderline harassing people. Like you can't do this. this is like... Probably get arrested for that. Yeah. What's hilarious is like you again. You will not. Have you get... ever received a nude in the mail? Yeah, exactly. It's well, just like a yeah. postcard form, though. Like it's not an envelope. It's just no. Don't do it's that. It's a postcard. <laughs> these are All bad the ideas. Yeah, these are bad ideas. Oh, I'm gonna workshop it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is just. That is that oh, set of ideas God. has gone places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. didn't expect it to go mm-hmm. to Christmas card, but yeah, you know, sometimes and I think you just it's time you just nail it for us to go places that aren't on this podcast. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. It's been fun. We'll see you next week, and we'll Bye. play more of this game, and we'll talk about it. Sweet. Okay. Ciao. Ciao.